You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Oh, Lord, I know some of y'all like to eat everything, but let's just try one more time. Say to another person, you can't eat everything. And let's give God one more clap before we go further. Literally, to eat is to consume food, whether it's a chicken sandwich uh, tofu on rye, which y'all probably don't know about, but but we we have to eat food in order for nutrition. Food gives us energy, helps us to to do what we need to do in life, and again, that's that's literal food. Figuratively, food is that which we eat upon. Whether it's words, thoughts, or otherwise. And just like we have to eat literal food to survive, We have to eat words to survive. For Jesus said to the devil in Matthew 4 and 4, Man shall not live by bread or food alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Same way you eat that tomato sandwich with a little mayo on one side of the bread and a little mustard on the other side of the bread. Sprinkled with a little pepper and just a pinch of salt. You likewise have to eat the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And of course, you have folk that would rather not eat God's word, but words that come from somebody else's table. Some folks would, would rather eat a negative word than God's word. Some would rather feed from a pessimistic table than eat God's word. Some would rather sit before the television for hours and eat what CBS, HBO, and others have to say in contrast to God's will. But say to your neighbor, you can't eat Everything. (laughs) You can't eat every preacher's word. You can't eat every prophet's prophecy. You can't follow the instructions of every teacher. 
As a child of God, you have to be a selective eater. You have to have the mentality. I, I can't eat just any old thing. And when you mature in God's word, you have to tell folks, everybody can't feed me. Girl, you going, no, I can't go over there because everybody can't feed me. I'm on a special diet. If some of y'all know where I'm coming from, just look at somebody and just, just be honest with them. Everybody can't feed me. Ooh, some of y'all didn't even move. You must eat at everybody's table. You don't even know who cooked it and you eating it. You don't, you don't even know nothing about the person, but you're going to. One more time, tell somebody, everybody can't feed me. I'm a picky eater. Don't give me no black eyed peas and you ain't got no ham hock in now. You, you, you don't know how to feed me. Gonna give me that peanut butter sandwich and you forgot to sprinkle some sugar on. You don't know how to feed me. But you're going to fix me a sandwich and you leaving the edges on, on the loaf of bread. Take them edges off. That, I, you can't. Even biblically speaking, the Bible tells us certain things that, that we shouldn't eat as an example. But, but we have to know ourselves and also recognize, hey, that's just certain things I just can't eat. Whether you're talking literally, figuratively, or even when it comes to people trying to give you God's word. So we want to consider a couple of things in reference to eating in Scripture. Let's start in the book of Genesis. Let's go to the book of Genesis. Y'all all right? Second chapter of Genesis. Genesis 2. Consider verse 16. This is what God said to the first human beings. Genesis 2 and 16. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the God, you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely. I promise you, you're going to die. And some folks say, well, he ate and he, he didn't die. Yeah, it was a process. He died not only physically, he died spiritually. God separated himself completely from Adam. Cut him off. We got to take the man out of the guard. He can't hang with us no more. There are certain things if, if you eat, it's going to kill you. You can't eat negative reports. You can't let a person tell you your destiny. Even though they may mean well. It'll be different if God tell you because it's once 
appointed for a person to die. And guess who got the appointment book? But for somebody to tell you you're going to die just because they saw something on a picture or an x-ray, they must not know your God. Is your God a miracle worker? Can he create you anew? Can he change your situation for the better? Well, why believe the word of somebody? That is not God. There is only one God. There is only one Alpha. There is only one Omega. You listen but you don't believe everything. You don't allow that to get in your spirit. Say to another person you can't eat everything. And you can't let folks convince, convince you to eat what God told you not to eat. Now, I'm not going to the text, but, but God told Adam that, look, if you eat from it, you're going to surely die. I promise you, you're going to die. But then he allowed his wife. And the wife allowed a snake. To convince her to do what God said would kill him. She ate the words of a snake. And her husband ate her words. Love your spouse, but you can't eat every word that comes from your spouse. Love people, but you can't eat every word that comes from people. Got to move on. Say to your neighbor, certain words will kill you. I, I, I have known folks to where once they heard something from a person, from the time they heard it, they just started to go downhill. You know, they said such and such. Oh, yeah, but what did God say? Well, I'm just. You mean you got, you got more on your mind what they said or he or she said more so than what God said? You in trouble. You eating from the wrong table. You got the wrong thing in your system. And you're going to mess around and let that thing digest. You're going to mess around and let that thing become a part of your bloodstream. You're going to mess around and let that thing become a part of your thoughts, your words, and your deeds. And it's going to kill you. Let's go to the book of Proverbs 31. Y'all ain't got too quiet about that one. You might get quiet about this one too, but let's, let's go to Proverbs 31. This text is specifically about a virtuous woman. Which theologically speaking, a virtuous woman is a holy woman. Right? A godly woman. But notice Proverbs 31, 27. It starts off talking about how focused this woman is. She watches over the ways of her household. She's making sure everything in the house is going the way it should go. She's not, she not a gossiping woman. You know women like to gossip. Not all women. Oh, y'all going to get quiet like that. I got some real women in here. Do women gossip? I'm asking the women, brother. I ain't talking to y'all right now. I want them to be honest before I ask y'all, brother. Women, do you gossip? Okay. 
And, so, and, and some of you that's quiet, I, I got I to let you know, some of you that's quiet ain't saying nothing. You know I done heard how you gossip. You know, you're not supposed to receive certain things unless you got two or three witnesses. When it comes to you and gossiping, probably got about a handful or two. Brothers and women gossip? They even got certain places they gossip at. Notice this. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to go on. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She, she's determined that I'm, I'm not going to turn into a lazy woman. Lazy women can easily turn into unclean women. Nasty. That ain't throwing off. That's just truth, ain't it? Because you turn into lazy, that means the dishes might just stay in the sink for some days. Now, I hope this don't happen, but if you lazy, you might take a bath two days a week. So, I'm just saying, if you get lazy, you, ain't no telling what make. And see, what, what the text is saying is that the woman knows that it's certain things I just can't eat. I can't eat the bread of idleness I can't, I can't get around women that don't like to do nothing <laughs> cause that spirit can get on me but you gotta take it further than the text you have to be to the point to where you, you say you know I, I can't get around folk that all they're doing is talking about other folk because that'll get in my spirit. She does not eat the bread of idleness. She made a choice. I'm not going to eat the bread of idleness. I'm going to make sure that everything is going the way it should be going in my house. You have to make up in your mind that you're not going to eat of certain things that folk are trying to put in you but likewise you have to have an alternative yeah if you're not going to gossip what are you going to do if you're not going to be idle what are you going to do that's the whole point because you're going to eat you're going to have to eat something you're going to have to feed on words because words again like food, are essential for you to live. And just like you got junk food, you got words that are nothing but junk. I said, just like you got junk food, you got words that are nothing but junk. You maybe you just can't eat everything. <laughs> And sometimes, you, you know, folk can have some juicy stories that you want. To. And what the old folk, you, yeah, she has some juicy stuff over there. But you don't need to go over there and get none of that juice on you. Yeah, but, but it's your choice. I said it's your choice. And so back in Proverbs 23, Solomon, the writer of Proverbs, he basically gives his audience 
a command. Gave them something that he wanted them to put into action. And he just point blank about what he said. Do not eat the bread or the food of a miser. Don't do it. It's interesting when I got to, to looking up different meanings of a miser and just basically listening to the Holy Spirit trying to make sure that, that I come with the right definition so I can hit somebody's toes. <laughs> Plus mine. Yeah, because sometimes the word is sent to help us. And in order to be helped sometime, you, you, the, the old saying has to come into being, your toes got to be stepped on. But get this, a miser, uh, in one sense, is a person that's just miserable or unhappy. Just unhappy. Can, can you imagine every day just, just, just unhappy? And you know when you're unhappy, you, you, got, you got something to say even about stuff that's wonderful. They're like, look how beautiful it is outside. You know, a miser would be like, Lord, hope that sun ain't going to be too hot on me. God, God can, can be blessing folks, and, and a miser would say something like, mm, she thinks she's something, don't she? I can get that too. Just a miserable, unhappy person. I have heard saints say, well, I, I'm getting ready to go over to my folk. Oh, Lord, I hate to go, though. Lord, they so, oh, gee, they so negative. Well, why are you going? They my, why are you going? They my folk. Yeah, but why are you going? Because wherever you go and whoever you hang with, you have the danger of being affected by those particular persons' spirit. But a miser is also a stingy person. A person that is a Nigard, N-I-G-G-A-R-D. What is a nigard? A person that is greedy for money. The epitome of 1 Timothy 6 and 10. Person that just loves money. And you know you can love it and not have a penny in your pocket. There are folks that have millions that don't love money. But if you are a penny pincher, you love money. A stingy person. You complain about everything in reference to, to money. You want a Mercedes, but then you mess around and, and you go to get an oil change. Man, that oil chain was two hundred and twenty-two dollars. Good God! Man, I was getting my oil chain for twenty-nine ninety-nine. It's a lot of money. Yeah, but you wanted that tight car. What did you think? You're going to drive in luxury for $29.99 when you go get your oil changed? 
and, and this way get you. They got the money. Got the money. And some folks say, I call that good being a good steward. You can fix it all you want to fix. I'm, I'm going to tell you something I, I, I done learned. When, when, you, when you try to cut the corner too much, you're going to get exactly what you done paid for. That Sheridan William paint, that's just too high. What, what they got going down now at Lowe's or Home Depot, go see what they got that's comparable. If you done been in the business long as some of us have been in the business of remodeling houses and so forth, you know, don't cut no corner. Yeah, they telling you it's got a 15-year warrant, but you better not cut no corner. You better go with somebody that when you put it on there, is known to last. But when you are a miser, You'll talk about it. And you'll act according. So again, Solomon said, don't eat the bread of a miser. A miserable. Unhappy. Stingy. And complaining person. To my amazement, you have Miles in the church. Woo! I actually heard a person one time say, man, if I, if, if I didn't have to get that 10%, man, my check would go a little further. I'm just like, You complaining about giving God his money? You, you saying you can actually do better without giving God his money? Have you lost your mind? That's crazy, right? How in the world somebody... The, get your words right. How in the world God going to bless you with a job that rightfully speaking you shouldn't have because of certain characteristics about you, but because of his grace, because of his mercy, he blessed you with it. And you're going to turn around and say. If I could hold on to that 10%. You a full blown You ain't no part-time man. You, you get to talking like you gotta know where your blessings come from. I'm gonna tell you one thing I never complain about is giving God what He said give Him. If this is what He wants me to give Him, so be it. And that should be the attitude of every born-again Christian. That if God say do it, do it. Man, seemed like prayer on what? You trying to tell me? You complaining to my prayer on what? Well, how in the world I get saved? You got saved? How, how in the world she got healed and he got healed? If it does not. See, a miser will complain. And say certain things don't work that, that you have clear evidence that it works. Man, I can look all over this room and, and see that prayer works. 
I can look at you before the new suit. Before that nice weave you got in your hair, I, I can look at you before that. No, I like weave. I, I ain't got no problem with no weave. But I, weave, wigs, and what? I don't ain't got no problem with that. If it makes you look nice, so be it. But the only thing I'm saying is, prayer works. And I know it when I look at you. And you know it when you look at me. It works. But see, a miser does not see that. And so, you know, a proverb is something that reveals truth. And honestly speaking, it, it, it's the naked truth. Don't, don't, don't hide anything. And this proverb, you not only look at it from a literal standpoint, but a figurative standpoint. If you around somebody that's miserable all the time, complaining all the time, don't take no advice from that person. And see, that's what he said. Do not eat the bread of a mouse. She complained all the time. And you're going to listen to her. She don't never have a happy day. Even when she get a $10,000 check, she look at it and say, I ain't going to have nothing left when I get through. And that's who you're going to listen to. About your car, about your house, about you getting your heart's desire. Ooh, let me hurry. But 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 then he takes it a little, he, he takes it a step further. Woo, y'all, y'all holding on. No, notice he says this right here. Nor desire his delicacies. This, this is so unusual. He says, don't eat the bread. He said, nor desire his delicacies. Get this. A miser that's miserable, stingy, and complains all the time, still has something that your flesh wants. Look at it. Nor Desire, crave, want. But notice he said, his delicacies. And, and the first thing that comes to mind when you, when you think about a delicacy is food. And food as, as a delicacy is, is something that's delicious. Ooh, you're looking at it and you're, oh God. Look like he put the butter on it just right. Didn't overcook it. Ooh, that look good. You, you, got, you got young people now. They, they be at restaurants just like I had one last night that sent me a picture. So. Ooh. They'll take a picture of a delicacy and they'll send it to you. You don't even see that picture, but they just want you to see, this is what I'm getting ready to eat, right? <laughs> and, and, and some pictures they send, I'd be like, man, I wish I could eat that. And that's the reason he calls it a delicacy in reference to food, because it's something that looks delicious. Something that calls your mouth to water, even though you ain't put one fork on it and got you a piece. How many know what I'm talking about? It's just like that macaroni and cheese you can smell that's, that's coming from Mama Sarah's kitchen. You smell that macaroni and cheese when you get in the house. Oh, God, that macaroni and cheese smell so good. 
is like that red velvet cake that Minister Strickland put together and it just looks so beautiful. You ain't even ate it, but you're looking at how good it looks. Oh, God, this is going to be delicious. That's your neighbor say, do you like delicious food? Ooh, ask one more person. Do you like delicious food? <laughs> but, a de- but a delicacy, figuratively speaking, is just something nice. Ooh, that's nice. That looks real nice right there. Oh, God, I would like to have that. That is nice. But notice what he says. Even though it's nice, even though it looks delicious, don't desire it. Solomon, can you help me out? How high in the world can can you look at something that just looks so delicious, so nice, and not want it? How in the world can you look at something that looks so delicious, so nice, and not want it? Because notice what he said, don't desire it. Don't desire it. So I know what I'm not going to die, and, and it's just right there. Say to your neighbor that there's only one way. You can do it as a person. He said, what way is that? Walk away. <laughs> walk away. Say, so, you know, you just got to walk away. If, if you stay there, you're going to, it's just too nice. You, got, you, gotta, you just got to walk away. Certain thing, you just got to walk away. You just got to walk away from it. That's the only way. That's the only way you're going to resist the temptation. You just got to pull away from it. Paul, in, in talking about the devil, said, look, you don't need to give him, or James, James and Paul talked about not giving the enemy any space. James said, if you submit to God, resist the enemy, he'll flee. Paul told the church, look, don't give him no space. Some things you just got to walk away. Man, that looks so nice. Woo, that looked nice. I got to go. You just walk away. You walk away from it. And he done told him, do not eat, do not desire. They there just, just go. Just go. Because even though it's a delicacy, it can mess you up. I'm almost done, but let me show you something. Let's go to the book of Daniel, chapter 1. And some of y'all, your mouth and start watering, just thinking about certain things. But consider Daniel, the first chapter. This is what you have to do. Daniel 1 and 8. Ready? But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's what? Nor with the wine which he what? But what I want you to get from this verse Daniel knew that even though it was a king's delicacy, probably had the best shelves in Babylon preparing it. Probably was the prettiest meal 
you could set your eyes on. But dang, your purpose in his heart. I'm not going to eat his delicacy. And look at the reason. It'll defile me. Understand this. When it comes to Proverbs 23 and to, and to Daniel 1 and 8. Daniel knew who the delicacy was coming from. Solomon pointed out who the delicacy was coming from. Say, your neighbor, you can't eat everything. And you can't sit down at everybody's table. Man, I ain't going over there. Why? Do you know who doing that? I don't fool with him. You know what he about? I ain't going over. So and so bought you something. Well, you better file it in section 13. What is section 13? Why? I can't take that from that person. Solomon and Daniel was exposing here. Certain things you, you just can't accept. That's the reason when I prepare a word, I try to make sure I got this thing just right. Why? I don't want to come out here and feed you anything. Because, see, some folk will eat everything. It don't matter who's saying it. They go, amen. Say that. Say that. Come on now. Come on now. You can't eat everything. You can't eat everything. I've had to tell ministers, look, don't say that no more. You're feeding folk the wrong thing. Look, what you said was confusing. You can't say that no more. Well, I was, I was trying to say, no, but you got to understand, you ain't talking to you. You're talking to a whole group of folk. And folk will take what you said that was confusing the wrong way. And get this, and run with it. Well, Pastor so and so said, said, so and so said, said, Minister so and so, Prophet is so and so said, said, but if it's wrong, it's just wrong. God is not the author of confusion. Say to your neighbor, you can't eat everything. And see, I, I love it because Daniel said, I can't eat it because it's coming from. An idol worship. King of Babylon was an idol worship. And then Solomon said, I can't eat it because it's coming from a miser. A person that's stingy, miserable, unhappy, and complains all the time. I can't eat from that. I can't do it. I can't do it. Lord, let me close it. And then, finally, this is what he says in verse 7. Y'all stay with me. I got some folk quiet because you done ate the wrong thing before. But this happened, I'm saying it. it. Then he gives the reason. And, and he's not picky, but, but, but notice. He, he just point blank. For as he thinks in his heart. So is he. 
Eat and drink. He says to you. But his heart is not with you. He trying to act like he trying to help you. Or be nice to you. But that's another motive. He hiding something. He hiding something. Nice, but he hiding something. Desirable, but hiding something. Woo! Look at your neighbor and say, are you hiding anything? Woo, don't answer that. Get yourself in trouble. <laughs> but notice how he's exposing. And see, the heart in the text represent, get this, his feelings, his mood or mindset, and his opinion. His opinion. Yeah, go ahead, eat, <laughs> drink. But he hiding something. I just want to take you out. You like lobster? Scrimp? Y'all know how y'all say it. But there's a hidden agenda. And see, Solomon wanted them to understand, you, you got to look beyond the nice. And this earth was really taking place. Because if you eat the wrong thing. Your character. Gonna change. See, see that was the plan with Daniel and, and the rest of the young boys that, that the king of Babylon had took from Israel. He wanted them to eat and drink from his table. Get this. For three years. And after three years, they were going to start thinking, talking, and acting like Babylonians. Bottom line, acting like folks that don't know the true and living God. There are certain things you can eat that will cause you to be selfish, but you will still say you're being led by the Holy Spirit. Certain things you will eat. And you will say, God, lead me to do that. But if the truth be told, it ain't nothing but the flesh. It sounds nice. It looks nice. It even smells nice. But the one behind it has a heart that God hates. Oh, y'all don't think God hates that? Well, let's go to Proverbs 6 real quick. Remember what he said, but his heart is what? Not which. I'm still in Proverbs now, but I'm, we, going, we, going to, we going to Proverbs 6, but I'm still talking in reference to Proverbs 23. Let me read it while you're all on your way to Proverbs uh, 6. 
For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, says he to you, but his heart is not with you. I should have had women shout, how many men have lied to you? Had a hidden agenda. But I, I really, that, that really ain't, ain't all I should deal with women. I mean, brothers, how many brothers have, I mean, how many, Lord Jesus, how many women have lied to you? Said something, but you knew their heart was not with you. That's just true. And, and get this, these are folk that you were close to. But notice this, Proverbs 6 and 16. These things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination. Drop down to verse 8. A heart that devises wicked plans. Yeah, go ahead, eat and drink. But what Solomon said? His heart ain't with you. He telling you to eat and drink it, but it's something behind it. Before we got saved, we would have said it was hoodoo. <laughs> she put something in your Kool-Aid. <laughs> when you start acting like, I didn't start acting like this until I drunk some of her Kool-Aid. Did she give it to you herself? Yeah. Was she drinking it while you were drinking it? No. She done put a root. She done put a root in your drink. <laughs> but he said, his heart is not wealth you. And so the bottom line that he wanted them to learn from this is you can't eat everything. You can't do it. You have to be a selective eater. Because even God himself hates a person that has a heart and the person's intentions in reference to his or her plans are wicked or evil. We have to be careful. And I'm going to stop right there. Let's get a Lord.